Welcome back to another episode of NBA at the Bar with your host, T.A. and G Money, bringing you all the highlights, talking mess, and all the plays you shouldn't have missed. What's up, everybody? This is NBA at the Bar, and we're your host. I'm T.A. It's G Money. And we are back in effect. Good yes, to see sir. you. Yes, Feeling sir. good. We are in the year of 2024 it's early on early on in the year but feeling great feeling excited for this unbelievable nba season so g money how's your week been oh man it's been real good you know it ain't been good for the lakers we're gonna talk a little bit about that good yeah it's good to see you yeah man for sure and with that being said we're being brought to you by atv media network i need for all of you to do me a quick favor. I need you to like, download, and subscribe the episode. Checking us out. Truly appreciate you out here doing that. Always. And also, I got my man back on this yak. Damn, this two weeks in a row. Yes, AKB6, that smooth, award-winning cognac. I know. I feel like I'm cheating on my scotch <laughs> right now. <laughs> it is cheating, but, but you love this a little hey, bit more. This is tasty, though. Yes, yeah, without a doubt. Front. So we got some juicy stuff to talk about today, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we got our man Draymond back in effect. Mm. He just got reinstated today on Saturday. He should be about a week uh, a, a week from now. He should be back on the court. But super excited to see Draymond back on the court. And really, the question is: is how is Draymond going to be? Is he going to sit over here and, mo- and do some modifications to his behavior? Or you think he's going to double down and say, yo, this is who I am. I'm, I'm going too old. I got some grays in my, in, in my goatee. I can do whatever I want to do and continue to behave like he's been behaving. I don't see him being a jack. I mean, the man is smart. He understands that this is millions of dollars on the line. <laughs> yeah, he lost almost $2 million in the suspension. I mean, come on now, right? right? So, look, he, he's a professional, and at the end of the day, um, if anything, this has probably just reinvigorated him and, and brought the, the love because when anything that you love is taken away from you for a period of time, that should give you perspective. So my guesstimation is that he's going to come in – like hungry, hungry. And he's going to, if I were, you know, future forecast, I think he might even average a triple-double over the next two games. Right, just to come back and just, like you said, reinvigorated, fired up, And let y'all know, like, I'm that dude still. And and I think that he is is an individual that, one, appreciates his teammates, appreciates Steph, and and so on and so forth. So he saw – what his absence did to the team. Now, again, they've actually surged in, in this last week. Maybe mm-hmm. that's due to the excitement of him about to come back, so they wanted to kind of get back in position. Or maybe, you know, they found her and figured out a way of how to function without him. But either which way, he's going to be back, and I can only expect that to be an addition to the team, mm-hmm. um, adding on and piling on to what they're already doing well that's gotten themselves back into this play-in type of arena to where maybe they can make a little bit of a run, like you said, with him coming back reinvigorated, refocused, and dialed in. And uh, we could sit over here and look for a greater Golden State because the reality is, is um, you know, our, our man Steph Curry has been playing still at a oh, very, very, very elite. high level. And, and, and you hate to see a player – uh, like himself, that's playing at a high level but doesn't have the team to surround him, and then he's having to take these beatings and, and, and these the, these heartaches and these losses. So you know, we'll see. You know, um, you know they they have a stat called the clutch. 
you know, the clutch in the clutch time stat. Okay. And um, I mean, these individuals, the Golden State Warriors have have had a have had games that have almost all been close. So they're all coming to the wire. And, uh, Draymond can be that that tipping point for him. Absolutely, you can even say that with the Denver game that they they gave away. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really w- am encouraged by with Golden State, even though you know they're out of the even the playing status at this particular moment, but I'm encouraged by the style and the manner in which that they're playing. Um, you know, they they have uh, a rookie that has come in and is taking a lot of Clay's minutes, but even though Clay has come in and, and played some quality minutes and even in that Denver game, you know, got some real clutch buckets and he looked like old Clay mm-hmm. for a period of time. But the reality is this game in, game out, he's not going to be able to uh, rise to that occasion. Mm-hmm. But you see a different level of focus with him. Then, you know, uh, Sarek, mm-hmm. because Draymond is not there, mm-hmm. Sarek has really had to step up. And he has. And he has, mm-hmm. and has showed a lot more of his skill set. So you can see with guys that normally wouldn't get the minutes, they're getting minutes, and now they're getting into rhythm. So, and Steph is doing Steph-like things. It's just, and they're going to be a problem at home no matter what. Mm-hmm. But when Draymond, if I'm observing the team now, I can really see where where what I do and my impact will jump in and be able to take us over the top. The reality is, is physically they are still a small team and they're more guard uh, centric mm-hmm. in terms of just their personnel. But with Draymond and the just the Swiss Army knife style that he has, um, you add that to Steph and everything else. And now that these guys are playing with a little bit of lather mm-hmm. and they, they got a little rhythm, they could be dangerous. So I'm excited for them. I'm really curious to see what he's going to do. Well, my only concern is, is that we've seen a, um, a rapid succession of these um, um, negative behavioral outbursts. Mm-hmm. And so my concern is, is that um, he doesn't learn his lesson. Sometimes, you know, you know, the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mm. So, you know, if, if this individual, because we've seen him happen, boom, boom, almost back to back to back. Um, the the question is, what is going to be the result? Does Draymond mean the difference between um, losing a close game and winning a close game? Yeah. And, and, and it's in my opinion that if they don't find him being that differentiator, that he, it would be smart on their behalf to sit over and put him on the trade block. Yeah, well, you know, for for selfish reasons that I will get into later, <laughs> I, I, I would I would hope that maybe he does show out a little bit. But, you know, Draymond, at the end of the day, is a champion. Um, he knows exactly what is required to win and win at the highest level. And so I don't think that that was ever a problem with him. It's just the emotional outbursts that uh, essentially the league and the refs weren't going to tolerate anymore. And he had to understand that those outbursts were having a negative effect on the outcome of games. Mm -hmm. And And this is a results orientated business. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and whether, whether or not I can't, I don't know if he lost sight of that, but I think it looks like he did. Well, the league said he did. Mm-hmm. And and so that's a little humble pie that he's had to eat. And but I think that um, because he has still he's a player that always has that fire in the belly. Mm-hmm. And if he's able to, you know, just 
focus it in the right way, that he he will play exemplary. Like I said, I expect him to come out and just wreck shop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just he's going to have to bite his tongue more than maybe he's used to. And and maybe with some talking to some people, maybe he has some mechanisms that tell him like, okay, maybe let me not headlock this guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, let me not say a little chirp a little longer at the ref may or this player so that I can get myself a tech or whatever. If he's able to do that and dial that back, he should be fine. But at the end of the day is it will all be determined on him. Yes. You know, he's the individual that controls his own emotions. He's the individual that controls his own actions. And so um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this turns out. I mean, this is really like some drama type shit. Oh, you yeah, know man. Saying? This is straight soap opera style. Correct. It's soap <laughs> opera style. So so let's see how it comes when he comes back. Oh, yeah. Now, now speaking of coming back, you know, um, a few weeks ago, we talked about a, a, a young man, um, Bill, w- with the Suns. And I questioned his desire to even want to play. And finally, he's come back. Yeah, Bradley. But, yeah. And, and, and over the past week, um, they've been able to play together consistently for the past week. He didn't take any games off. He actually played all the games. Mm-hmm. And the team actually performed better. Like, this is kind of what we were expecting from the Phoenix Suns. Now, they haven't jumped from the, you know, uh, eighth or ninth seed all the way up to the fifth or sixth seed. Uh, it, it takes longer than just a couple of games. Mm-hmm. But um, what what I do see is um, exciting. What I do see is um, – there's a light at the end of the tunnel for this team. I think KD can be excited uh, for it as well. He's been out a couple uh, a, yeah, games. Yeah, because of the hamstring. Because of the hamstring. But with Bill, Bill came, came back and, um, you know, was fired up and uh, was super excited. They lost to the Clippers who've been playing gangbusters like we talked about Most last week. Most people are going to lose to the Clippers the way the Clippers mm-hmm. are looking right now. But, so. the, but the Suns are looking so much better than they were just a couple weeks yes. ago. So, so what are your thoughts on Bill being back? And have you had an opportunity to catch any of those games? to see. Uh, yes, I have looked at a few of them, and I think that this is this was a softer part of their schedule mm-hmm. that was like a perfect storm to, uh, to and maybe that was strategic by them. To, when you look at the, the their last uh, six games, I think that they won like, uh, they may have lost less the last game or the two, or at least two games ago, right. but they were on a, like a four or five game mm-hmm. winning streak mm-hmm. and, and Beal was contributing in all of those, and you could see him uh, coming into his all-star form mm-hmm. in those games. And it took so much pressure off of Booker mm-hmm. and all of the rest of the guys that it was like, okay, this is what we were expecting when we signed you mm-hmm. in the offseason. We were expecting this kind of play. So, But they need those games in order to get that rhythm so then they can play in rhythm. And then when you're playing against a really good team, it's like we can still execute at a high level. So it's good now. It's like, okay, he's, he's, he's starting to get his, you know, it's almost like racehorses. It's, it's like he's racing. He's starting to get his lather up. He's starting to get a little, a little a dander on him, a little sweat on him. So it's like, okay, like, yeah, because we need to rinse and repeat. You need to do this again and again and again. Right. And with all-star players, it's all about consistency. Mm-hmm. And so he's starting to look really consistent with his play, and they need him. Well, the so, Phoenix might be playing chess and not checkers. You know, yeah, like you, yeah. that was a great point that they maybe have picked this portion of the schedule to allow him to work himself in and not have to get beat up where they can 
garners some wins. Yeah. Because you know you got you get those wins, it, it begets confidence, and confidence begets momentum. So 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 like you said, that that's a great observation. Maybe they're playing chestnut checkers and they're sitting over here and slipped him in right where um he can sit over here and increase his confidence mm-hmm. qu- as quickly as possible. As quickly, so, yes. I- I'm excited about the team. I was excited when they first brought that big three together. Um, I was disappointed not being able to see them play in the first quarter, first third of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but but now that he's back, I'd like to see what this team, if they can stay um, – um, just healthy, just healthy, and, and and working together for say the next uh, forty five days or so, or next twenty games. Mm-hmm. You know, going into uh, the All Star Weekend, I, I really could see this team taking the same similar jump of uh, what the what the Clippers did, mm-hmm. and, and, and being positioned in the in the in the fifth or sixth seed uh, by All Star break. Now, only time will tell. Yeah, but but I, I think there's something there. Yeah, I agree. And you need guys like uh, Gordon and Matu. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Bo Bo. Bo Bo's been sitting Bo over Bo. here. But, yeah. Hey, I, I like Bo Bo. He's a poor man's Wimby or, or Chet. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but all those kinds of guys need to come with them. Mm-hmm. But if you if they are, you know, have just consistent minutes, it doesn't matter if they play five or ten, but if it's just – five or 10 every time. And at the same time within the game, then they know they can get comfortable in it and they can execute and and play hard. Then yes, they can make moves without a doubt. Now, another team that's making big moves and we talked about them last week and which one of those teams from the East, would it be the Pacers? Would it be uh, Miami? Uh, Would it be, who was the uh, third team? it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the Knicks. Knicks. It wasn't. The yeah, Knicks. I just always liked to talk. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. But it was another team that 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 was mixed in that jumbled in that group. We 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 posed the question: Which one of these teams would be able to jump up? Oh, Orlando. In, or in Orlando. Now you said none of them. But I, what I will say is, yeah, into it, the top three, uh, none of them. I still say that. Now, now the Pacers have jumped into the top yes. four. They're they're fourth seeded now. They're they on are. a five or six game winning streak. They are. Um, they're kicking ass and taking names. Halliburton's playing again at, at that very high level when it became a fever pitch about um, uh, the excitement I mean, that people were having for him. So um, I think the Pacers, man, you know, that offense is there. They're, they're looking at ways to strengthen up the, the team for, for, from a defensive perspective. But when they're when they're going on all cylinders, they're hard to beat. Yeah, because you have uh, was it is Halliburton is playing out of his mind. But when you have Buddy Hield and you have obviously Turner is probably their other most consistent and player. Turner's been playing well. But but it's Neesmith and I always mess this guy's name. It's it's like Martoon or Marthoon. Mm-hmm, Martoon. Uh, mm-hmm. Um he. He's also like starting to really be the guy, and then um, uh, T.J. McConnell. Mm-hmm. When they, for some reason, they don't always play him, which I never understand why, because he's Match really ups. good. Mm-hmm. But you know, and and they're a little point guard heavy, mm-hmm. but and they're I should say they're guard heavy. They're guard heavy, but um, those guys are all like playing well, and they have beaten Milwaukee. I think they've played Milwaukee. At least yes. two or three times since last time we spoken. Right. I think they've won. they've won. No, they no no they. Yeah, three of four they've won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and 
and gotten that ass in mm-hmm. a couple of them. And matchups make fights. And so, you know, the one thing about the Pacers is they're almost like an old-school West Coast team. We talked about that weeks ago right. in terms of they're, they're, they're very similar to the old-school Showtime Lakers. Yeah, Pace. And an East Coast that's built into kind of the traditional East Coast team, which is a grinded-out kind of tough and physical team. But they're sitting over here running and flying up and down the court, and these teams aren't really built for that. So yes. so what's interesting is is they're built to sit over here, and if they don't play a, a real big team on the East – they're going to run them out of out of the out of the gym. Yes, it's only when they get to the West where they have comparable teams with uh, a with team the same two, level of athleticism, athleticism, even a little bit of greater talent uh, that that they can't really compete. And we saw that with the Lakers, you mm-hmm. know, a Laker team that could that that locked down on defense, but also uh, matched them. Um, uh, toe for toe, mm-hmm. uh, what the athleticism is going to beat them. But, you know, this is a young team, very mm-hmm. similar to OKC. They remind me of a poor team's OKC mm-hmm. um, with, with not as much talent, but but with some um, pieces that are very, very, very strong. Yes. I don't even think that they're devoid of talent. They're just unproven. So, mm-hmm. guys, they don't have enough guys with reputations. Mm-hmm. So that's really it. And these guys are now developing their reputations. And the only way that they will ever really, uh, I say, even have within their own selves, have enough confidence in their own abilities is they're going to have to do it in the high leverage moments in the playoffs. And then that always ends up graduating players mentally into knowing they can always call on their game when the game is required. And right now they're just so young that they're just out there playing and listening to the coaches. It, 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 they, they certainly believe in themselves mm-hmm. and they do have the talent, but it's about can you execute in high leverage moments? And right now they're just in a learning stage. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that I say that has arrived is Halliburton. Halliburton is like, uh, I'm, a, I'm literally a monster. We talked about him. We talked about um, uh, uh, SGA and we mm-hmm. talked about uh, our boy in Sacramento Darren uh, Fox, Darren Fox. Mm-hmm. and they're all in that same like ilk of young man, monsters coming young monsters mm-hmm. and so hey, if you, th- if you throw uh, Ant-Man up in there yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him too yeah. you know the only problem for the Pacers that I see is this that top three is so strong when yeah. you're talking about the Celtics when you're talking about Minnesota or uh the, the, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, excuse, yeah, Milwaukee, and then you have Philly. I mean, the 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 the, the teams ahead of them, uh, and, and the players that they're anchored by. Yeah, I mean, Embiid is still playing out of his mind, leading the league in scoring, yeah. uh, just under thirty five points a game. Uh, when you have Milwaukee, Giannis and Dame, that's just such a formidable combination. Yes. In a combination, you know, the reality is. Um, and then the Celtics with their combination. The reality is, is if without injury, I just don't think the Pacers um, can, can break that mold. Kind of like what you talked about. But I, I, what I, I can say is they can they can be the best of the rest. Yes. I so if it, you pose the question about top three, unless uh, Milwaukee and to me Milwaukee would be the quote unquote candidate that could get usurped because of their dif- defensive efficiencies. And so sometimes they're on, sometimes they're off defensively, even though we know that they're formidable offensively, but even that can come and go. Mm-hmm. So depending on the matchup, they, they could be got, mm-hmm. but I still don't see them falling out of the top three. No, I don't, but, but 
to your point about the Pacers. The Pacers, I think, may lock up the four seed and then just say, all of you rest of you guys are going to be playing for five, six, seven because we have the four seed locked up. And you have action doing that. You yeah. know, going into the playoffs, if they can lock up that four seed, you know, and, and overcome Orlando, who Orlando's dealing with some injuries. That's why they kind of dipped a little bit. Um, but it's, I think it's going to be a fight for that four seed between the Pacers and Orlando, uh, fighting for that four seed. And I think whoever's in that four seed has a puncher's chance. Yeah. To beat out at the least top three, just a like first they did. Round for, uh, home court advantage. Correct. So. Just like they did in the end season tournament. Where, you know, they had a puncher's chance and ended up getting to the championship. I think this team is good enough offensively. Now, the real question is, is what can they do defensively? What changes can they make by the, by the 15th of of the month? Um, in, in this kind of trade window to sit mm-hmm. over here and find a way. And I don't think it's the 15th of this month. It might be the 15th of next month. I, I, I think it's the February. I right, think it's the 15th February. of February. What can they do in, say, the next 30, just over 30 days to sit over and find that missing piece to really bolster their defense? Yes. Yeah. You know, that, 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 can allow them to maintain that fourth spot mm-hmm. and not lose it. The, tra- the, the This is going to be a very in- interesting um, trade uh, deadline mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, some teams will either dramatically improve and change the entire outlook of, of the entire season, or they will do nothing, or there will be, like, let's say, like a lateral move. We're just going to swap out this bad for that bad. Right. Um, but it's it's interesting because mm-hmm. of all of the parity and and there's there's so many teams that are so close to one another, uh, and I say interesting because you're going to have a lot of GMs that are not going to want to pull the trigger on guys because they're not in one extreme. They're all like right there in the middle. So mm-hmm. it's like uh, we may not do anything. So and that's mice in that thought process to yeah. not do anything. And, and, ma- and maintain status quo is, is the definition of insanity. It's, yeah. You're going to continue to do the same exact thing and expect hope and wish for, for a, a different, different result. result. And the game doesn't work like that. You have to be dramatic. You have to be aggressive. You have to sit over here and go after it yeah. to sit over here and change that middling thought process. And speaking of that, I mean, we saw the New York Knicks take one of the very first steps in the NBA. They were the ones that pulled the trigger first. Yep. And we've seen... Um, Ananubi, yeah. But we've seen the result of the Ananubi trade. I mean, they've run all three wins in a row since he's been mm, traded. Yeah. Um, looking very good. He's looking they good. Do look he's good. getting acclimate, acclimated immediately. And so this is what we're talking about in terms of being first and being aggressive. Holding back and waiting because you're scared to make a bad choice. <laughs> hey, bad choices are made every single mm-hmm. day. Um but at least there's some type of movement. Mm-hmm. When you sit over here and just wait, this is not a game that's based off of hope and wish. We can't hope and wish. The Lakers are in a state of hope and wish right now. Oof. We hope and wish that these individuals are going to get better, play more inspired, be stronger on defense, start hitting their jump shots. Forget all that. You actually have to go out there and yeah, take this action. Is this is a results-driven league, result. period. Mm-hmm. Every professional sport league is about results at the end of the day. Um I'm going to hold back a little bit of my fury for when we actually get to the Lakers segment. But I agree. You're right. It, it, it is at the end of the day that they sh- if you're a smart GM, if you want to keep your job, you need to be thinking about uh, let me uh, strike while the iron is hot and let me do something that is bold. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I really am disappointed with the couple of years now that where guys uh, have not pulled the trigger because they're so worried about keeping their jobs that they don't realize the way that you keep your job is is you do something bold to to impact the season that you're in. Or the way to sit over here and not even be in a perpetual state of Mediocre. every year or no, every single year, am I going to be able to keep my job or not? Is to go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Do something splashy. Do something big to propel your team and make everybody say, wow. And now give you cover for five years to sit yeah. over here and then to, to, to revisit the, the chalkboard and figure out how you can make just a yep. more consistent, um, um, high performing, um, you know, just, um, achieving team. Yes. Well, waiting and fear is always going to bite you in the ass. Yes. And as a GM, you need to also understand that you could have an epic loss and you have to be willing to risk that. Mm-hmm. No risk it, no biscuit. No risk it, no biscuit. Um, but with that being said, what, what are your thoughts on that Ananobi trade? I mean, are you still just as high? Are you even higher now with Ananobi? Where do you think they can probably, you know, fall in at? Do you think they can get into that five, six um, position by the end of the year and be consistent I, there? I, I think that they're probably already there. I don't, I don't know if they're uh, five or six because I haven't looked No, they're there. not five or six. Yet. Okay. Well, so but they're playing yes. well. Then the answer is yes. I, I, I do you think they need to do one more will. move or do you think this is the team that can actually get it done? Um, it's, it's weird that, uh, with Robinson being gone for the season, their center, that mm. it's kind of like an addition by subtraction mm-hmm. because, um, Hartenstein is a center that is not as, let's say, physical as Robinson and is maybe not as high powered at the goal, mm-hmm. but he is a more of a playmaker type of center. Mm-hmm. So then when you couple him with Randall, because Randall is a bull in a china shop type of dude, and he's just physical all the way around. But you have essentially almost like a point forward that is physical enough to just play the center position in Hartenstein. Mm-hmm. So then when you add in Ananobi, who can play defense mm-hmm. and who can just shoot and actually make baskets, right. that allows Jalen Brunson, who is your workhorse, mm-hmm. to shine. And the combination of all of that is working. And then, you know, then DiVincenzo can start to look a little better because he's getting the ball in perfect, uh, you know, perfect pocket passes mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. whether it's my center, my power forward, my small forward, or my, my, my guard, my Brunson are giving me the ball in a perfect, in a perfect cadence. And I can hit in the flow of the offense, in the flow of the offense. So their mm-hmm. offense just is going to, flow better well that's what we're seeing that's why that's why that's what we're seeing it's funny how a single player can unlock that so you know kudos to to the Knicks. yeah Um, absolutely kudos you know that city and and that fan base has been waiting i mean what 20 years yeah they're starving for it and before we were born was the last time they won a championship before they were born in a championship but we saw some 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 good years with patrick Ewing and them and stark and what have you um it will be real exciting to see them not just rest on their laurels of this great trade and, and take a swing or two mm-hmm. uh, one more time before the end of the year to really try to propel this team. Because you know yeah. how fleeting, because um, it's not a dynasty. They don't really have too many 
anchor, anchor players. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the iron is starting to get hot. Let's sit over here and strike. I, you know, the, the only thing that I don't know and I haven't researched is how many, let's say, first-round draft picks that they had. Because if they were going to pull a, a, another, let's say, you know, rabbit out of the hat, it, it's probably going to have to go to their draft picks. Um, and I would be willing to do that if I were them to mm-hmm. solidify just another ultra talented guy that is maybe not a super duper star, but just an ultra talented guy. Right. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do because that could take them. If you're going to take a team adding a, a, a super quality player that could just change the entire outcome of the season for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, last week or last couple of weeks, I think it was last week. Um, no, maybe it was a week before we talked about Ja coming back. Yeah. And the amazing job that he did. I think it was two weeks ago. Amazing job yeah. that he did. And he came I was back. like, I'm, I'm taking receipts. I'm ta- no, I kept receipts. I and, kept receipts. And, and, I, and he was the uh, player of the week coming off of a suspension. And the team was playing at a, at a high. Mm-hmm. You know, the arena was rocking and rolling. And, and for whatever reason, he came back on a on a more softer um, schedule point mm-hmm. um, than, than than overall, and so it all looked great. And, and let me tell you something: I was bamboozled, I was hoodwinked, I was you know run them up. <laughs> I sat over here to quote my man Malcolm. I was sat over here and and, and I was caught in in, in the excitement uh, uh, of Ja. Mm. But um, you know they've coming back come back to earth a little bit and um they've had a tough past week you know they've they've racked up some losses um the west is hard bro the, the west is difficult that's what's funny when you get into get into the meat of those schedules and you get past a little patch where you're playing the Portlands and the, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the lower level teams and you get into the tougher teams, it's like, Oh shit. You know, yeah. 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 Wait, this yeah. is real. Yeah. And, and so I, I think they went through that, but, but I still feel good. I still feel that they're going to be, be able to get into the play in, you know, it, but that should be their goal. That should be their goal to get into the play. after the slow start. Yeah. Funny story though. They played Houston, um, uh, this past week. And, uh, you know, uh, what's the man that, that transferred over from, from, uh, uh, Memphis from the Grizzlies over to Houston Rockets. What, what's his name? The Brooks. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. after the game, he's been know, hurt too. He's been hurt, but he played bit. that game, and he ended up having a, just a monster second half. Did he? Twenty-four points in the second half, and he ended up pulling out a win. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, "Yeah, I'll never lose to Memphis again for the rest of Man, my career." He, but you know what? <laughs> if there's one guy who needs, he's almost like what we said with Draymond. If there's one guy who needs to like shut up and zip it, <laughs> that's Draymond's light skin um, cousin but, right there. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> Because every time Brooks talks, it's like, oh, really? Really? But he yeah. believes it, though. He believes it wholeheartedly. Oh, he believes it, hands and feet. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> that's like that's that false narrative, bro. Like, every time you talk a little too much, all you do is fuel the other team to boobop you. Every single time. Every, every single, time. single time. So it's like you just need to speak quiet and, and walk with a big stick. Don't don't start speaking loud because every time you get speak loud, it's like I'm, I'm smacking you with a white glove yeah. and challenging you to a duel. Okay, so be careful. <laughs> but it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, where this team goes and how they're going to really be able to um, 
to compete. The reality is, is that they are missing Brooks. Yeah, because he does bring a and it's not just Brooks. We we gotta act like we can't act like like okay, this is the same exact team without Brooks. You know, the reality is they lost their big man to an injury for the whole season. Um, He went out with an injury before the season even started. Okay, Um, so when you lost him, and then you lost Brooks, that's a double double whammy. mm. That even with Ja coming back, this isn't the same team. No, was doing what they were doing last year. I I would just say the 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 insertion of Marcus Smart that was a great pickup. Back not only was it a back pickup, good pickup, excuse me, but it he was injured around the uh, for a certain Mm -hmm. period of time Mm -hmm. that added to their Mm -hmm. losses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Ja comes back, back. and then he's come back. Mm -hmm. Well, I think within this last week. Mm And that has contributed to their winning. So now they have somebody who can easily play point guard uh, at a high leverage moment. Mm-hmm. And he can also allow Jada to even play the two. And then they still have their same semblance of talent around them. So they're they're starting to balance out a little bit no doubt. And, and, and be more of a consistent threat mm-hmm. uh, offensively and defensively. The deficiency that you see with Memphis now is they don't have the same defensive intensity that they've had in Correct. years where they've won. And both of those two players were the heart of their defensive uh, of the team. Yeah. So, so they're not going to be what they are. If they don't make any moves and any significant moves in the next 30 days, then this is going to be a lost season for them. But at least Jai's back to create that energy. Yeah. Because the team looked dead prior to him being back. It did. But and the funny thing is, so now they look like they're you know not dead and and they're dangerous. But are you dangerous enough to ba- basically go on ten or eleven game winning? And streaks? the reason why is no, is because they don't have the horses. Yeah, uh, well, they have a stallion, but they don't have enough horses to do that. And the only reason you say that is because the West is so formidable. So then it's like I don't see you being able to go on a. 10 or 11 game win streak. You know, if you play Utah, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but again, what it shows you is, is in a, not getting on the Clippers, but that's the difference between the Clippers and this team. Mm. The Clippers, when you have some horses, oh. when you have three or four, got, when you yeah. have four future Hall of Famers, that, that's a, that's a, that's a stall full of stallions where you have one real stallion. Uh, I, I'm, with, I'm with almost afraid of the Clippers. Clippers. Clippers about to have me eat some a whole lot of crow. Like I'm, a, I'm about to eat crow pie for like hey, a month. You know, you're gonna have to dress like a crow. Oh how, how you sat over here disrespecting the team for listen, so long? Because you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable with downing the Clippers. But ooh, ooh, the Clippers, the Clippers look good. <laughs> they look, they look oh my god, they scaring me. Hey, and, and I told you, they scaring me without a doubt. Okay. And, and I get everything that you're talking about with the Clippers. Like, yeah, you are going to have to eat some crow. Yes, this team is playing lights out. I'm not ready to say that I'm going to do it yet. Well, well uh, here's the uh, twist okay. is, uh, you know, we keep saying, we've said for the last two or three weeks since we initially talked about uh, since uh, things started clicking for them in Harden. Um, let's see. But but still, I'm, I'm not quite ready to buy in yet in mm. terms of, that this is a, a true, um, they've unlocked something special. Here's where the reality is. If by um, All-Star Weekend, and mm-hmm. they're 
playing like how they're playing now. Yeah, uh, they'll be. I'll be all aboard. Choo choo! I'll be ready to go. But but you know you know a team that is uh, near and dear to our heart. It, it, it's it's, a, it's the other LA team. You know you're mm. representing with, with with a sweater mm. with the titles on the side. I mean I, lo- I, I love that sweatshirt. I love that sweatshirt. You know the unfortunate thing is that you didn't put it in the washing machine and you got it. A little That's bit, okay. I'd have put that in the dry cleaners because that's such I got, a great I got, sweatshirt. No, I got about four or five of them. And hey, I, I yeah, you got to get me one. Uh, well, you know, go. Yeah, I, it, I it'll be I'll right here you. on the arm. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> but, uh, but the Lakers, you know, here's where the reality is. The Lakers, the question I have for you is, is who's to blame? Because for me, is the Lakers are breaking my heart, you know, after being so excited and fired up for what they did uh, in the in-season in tournament, to watch what they've become after that is breaking my heart. But, but, but now I got to start pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is, who's to blame? In your opinion, who, who's to blame? Uh, okay, so um, I have a lot of f- fingers to point when it comes to the Lakers. But right now, I, it, this is like DEFCON 5. I, I feel like uh, I'm Commissioner Gordon, and I need to go ahead and pull up the bat phone and, and, and the red <laughs> phone, and I need to call Batman right now because I, we are in danger. Okay? We're in danger. We mm-hmm. are in danger. The, the, the thing that I'm going to focus on, it, typically we would say LeBron or Anthony Davis or even – The blame? To blame, but it, you can't it, blame it, Bron, it, it, Bron. No, no, ever. no, 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 no. The greatest no. player ever. No, I actually really want to focus on the players that are playing deficient. So I'm going to start calling names now. I I'm going to say, and I can respect that and appreciate I'm that because say, most of these people in the media are sitting over here trying to blame the coach, and you were trying to blame the coach a couple weeks ago because that's what Jared on Skip Bayless. Because, I, but, but, but what? <laughs> <laughs> you I'm, know, you love but but you have come to your to your the rationale that that the coach can only do with what so much. With what he's doing. You know, a, a chef, a cook can only do with the ingredients that they've been given. Okay. And so the reality is, is I think you have come to the understanding that the ingredients just ain't that good. Look, three guys, maybe four. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, and I say Jared Vanderbilt three times in, in my head. Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt. The, it, those guys in particular mm-hmm. have Who's been four? deficient. Who's the four? Uh, uh, Rui Hachimura. Rui, Rui, Rui Hachimura. And I want, I want to let you not not put him on the hook. He got no, it on the hook. No, uh, okay. So whether it's uh, injury or otherwise, but it doesn't also, regardless of injury, what I'm seeing is there is a genuine lack of effort that maybe even when we were winning in the early part of the season that they were bringing a, a consistent effort level mm-hmm. but so now they they're almost hiding behind the fact that oh we're hurt or this or that but when when it, this is something that I've heard Shannon Sharp say that I think is very true um if your name is Shannon Sharp or Jerry Rice and this is a football analogy uh 
nobody cares about whatever hour you got. If you are wearing uh, the 80 or the 85, it, it's like you need to perform and you need to perform at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have to realize that at Los Angeles is used to the Michael Coopers, the Rick Foxes, the AC Greens, mm-hmm. the... Uh, Peripheral players playing big Kurt time. Rambuses. Yeah. Play, yeah. Like doing something special. And Even when they were yes. Kurt Rambis and they weren't special, them leveling up. And, and, and these and, players and, don't have it and, in them. And, and they're and executing at a high level because it is Los Angeles is literally probably the best team to ever play for mm-hmm. if you go balls out, balls to the wind, and I and I give a thousand percent effort. You know, you will have all the spoils of the world. But if you come over here and you play mediocre like how you did in Minnesota or or any other Tom, Dick, and Harry team that you play for, you do that here, or we're going to call your ass Well, out. the lights are brighter here. You know, Minnesota doesn't have – you know, Prince ain't alive anymore. Minnesota doesn't have anybody coming to those games. You know, yeah. unless it's played in L.A. or, or played in Miami. When you, when you play for a team like the Lakers, even more than the Clippers, now that might change when the new Clipper facility opens, but as of right now, when it's the crypto and it's the Lakers, the Lakers is the show. Yeah. And, and you're going to have big-time people, even bigger than the New York Knicks, uh, going to these games. And so the spotlight is on the, on this team and they just don't have the players that have the testicular fortitude yeah. to sit over here and yeah, step yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Rambis you know, wasn't I, great. He had the goofy uh, Clark Clint glasses, but he had the testicular fortitude to sit over and fight. A.C. Green might have been a version well into his NBA career, but he had the testicular fortitude to sit over here and fight. Um, Byron Scott might, might look like a, a, a basic goofy, but he had the testicular fortitude to sit over here and fight. And that's all that I'm really noticing mm-hmm. is I'm noticing that all the others, the the also runs, the, the guys that are on the team that aren't necessarily the superstars are really playing with uh, marginal effort. Mm-hmm. And that is not acceptable. The the I think the the mistake that that many players make is that they just think, oh, okay, because this is La La Land that you know that I don't have to have grit. But no, the whole secret sauce to us winning all of the championships was is that we had guys that were blue collar that got Hollywood pleasure from our their blue collarness, and these guys are over here expecting to just like live off of the spoils of the land. And they're not working. Well, here's they're the not, reality: they're is. not closing out. They're not. They're not fighting. They're not hitting that jumper. And you're putting too much pressure on Anthony Davis and LeBron James to basically have Herculean efforts. And that ain't gonna cut it. In, in LA, we might be Hollywood, but anybody that knows anything about LA is this is this is a concrete jungle. This mm-hmm. is a, this is a uh, an aggressive natured city um by by nature even with the palm trees um it might look pretty but there's an underbelly of this aggressiveness and grit and realness that that has to be a part of the flashiness we not going forward and so these are players that, that that assume that they could come here you know, and also what happens is, is they had some early success with getting into the uh, the Western Conference Finals last year, um, 
And even though they got waxed by Denver, um, believing that they were a good team. Mm-hmm. And unfortunate that the, the GM um, didn't make the mistake to think about this, thinking that this team that he put together was good when it wasn't. See, it, I already know you wanted Palinka because you don't you don't think that Palinka put a good, a, t- a good team together. Right? Are you telling me here that this is a team that can win the championship? Well, right now, no. Uh, and right were they now, a team that could win the championship last year when they got destroyed by Denver? Uh, I thought that they could have. The, they couldn't beat Denver. They couldn't even compete no, with Denver, I, I, so they couldn't win a championship. Well, well, I, listen. They, That's where you're hoping and wishing got, for an injury. Look, we got swept by Denver. Denver was swept, the better team, swept. but uh, but they were they were very competitive games. They weren't blowouts. So I would say that's all right. They were no, it's not all right. But what I would say is is that. They were a very formidable team, and the thing is, is I see that this these same the same personnel is kind of almost like living off their laurels. It's almost like Correct. they're they're acting, yes they're off act- of a sweep. They're living off the laurels of a sweep, but they're acting like that they actually won the ring. Correct, because and they that's o- the because problem. they overachieved. So think of it from the that's NFL. The, you the, New York Gi- the New York Giants made the playoffs. Got uh, in the playoffs in the first round, played against a another boo-boo overachieving team and happened to beat them mm-hmm. and go into the second round. And they thought they were, you know, just two games away from the from the Super Bowl. And we don't need to really change anything. We just need to bring the same team back and everybody will be better. Yeah. And then our rookies will sit over and fill in the deficiencies and we'll be even better. And they fell down. Epically. <laughs> Epically, they right. literally have more than half the wins that they had before, right. and this is the the exact same thing yeah. that the Lakers did. That's why I called out uh, all those people, and that's also why I called out Vanderbilt, especially because to me, the biggest disappointment, and that is a microcosm of every other player on the is last year. Vanderbilt was arguably our best defensive player. He was everywhere. He was Spider Man. Mm-hmm. He was everywhere. He was getting every loose ball. He was doing everything. And I have yet to see that guy in not even a single solitary game since he's been. And back. that's why you is not. But been that's there. why you sell high. And that's why this does lay at the feet of an inexperienced general manager who was only claimed the fame as being Kobe's agent. Mm. Is because mm. as that agent, that hurts. You have thought process on what it should be but when you've never really competed in this arena at this level for a long period of time outside of you know just before the bubble to now you believe you 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 hang on to those few wins that you get i am crying inside because i am about to agree with you because you know i'm right and it's all right it's all right it's all right and as you should, because, you know, we both love the Lakers. We both grew up on the Lakers. We're both from Inglewood. So, you know, we are feeling the same pain. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately is, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, unfortunate thing is, is they, they, they chose, the, the Laker organization made a choice between an agent and a Hall of Fame um, player and a Hall of Fame businessman in magic and who was going to be the decision maker for this team. Mm. And when Jeannie 
See, now everybody getting judged now. When Jeannie sat over here and made that choice, then this goes all the way to the top. Mm. The buck doesn't stop with Palenka. See what losing happens? Yeah, the, the buck stops with Jeannie because she inevitably made a choice to mm. go with an agent who who literally has came, claimed to fame mm. as one-star player rather than Magic, who you got to remember, Magic was building this organization on her behalf when she still had braces in her mouth. Mm. When she was still a youngin and she didn't even she didn't even she didn't even know, you know, which side was I'm up. not gonna claim about what she did or didn't know, but what I will say is is that um you didn't, you, didn't, you, Jeannie, don't think, you thought she knew something in 1980? I don't. Look, she, did, she was in the room in a lot of. Situations. I'm confident to say she didn't know shit in 1980. Well, look, Jeannie has a couple championships under her belt uh, at in a her couple? tenure. Uh, well, one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She has one. Okay. Couple I, I, I want to give her five, but it, it, mm-hmm. but needless to say, I, 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 I genuinely uh, like her as an owner, and I think that she's a great executive. However, uh, the, the, she's a great executive. I, I, absolutely, she's a great owner. I, I, the executive will be undermining a great she, owner. I think she's an. Ex, I, if I with with the the pageantry and the um, commitment that she does to and the loyalty that she presents to players that that are of ilk, uh, I would. If I were an NBA player. I would want to play for Jeannie all day. Do I want to go have drinks and dinner with, with Jeannie? Yeah, shit. Jeannie be high-fiving and getting fucked up and having fun. Jeannie, Jeannie gives love and credit to greatness. The only thing that you may criticize is now is she hired Palenka, and Palenka is not delivering the product on the field, and they always need to understand that they are just stewards to the fan base. So the fan base is Los Angeles. And you need to feed that beast. You need to deliver W's to that fan base. And if you don't deliver W's to that fan base, then all of y'all are going to be scrutinized. And Jeannie's smart enough to know that. She's seen it. She's, she knows it. She's seen it. So, But it's like, motherfuckers, get it together. But nepotism is the mother. Because remember, he was he was representing Kobe. So when... He was at the games watching Kobe, and she was there having her cocktails before she was really running the deal. They became friends. Mm. And so you choose to sit over and make your choices best based off of who you think you can trust, who you think is your friend, and not who's the very best basketball mind. Mm-hmm. And the Laker organization deserves the best basketball mind to sit over and they navigate this, this this jungle that we're in and to sit over and create winners here. Because There's I one can promise that you everybody it. should care about. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to no. cut you off. There's one stat that everybody should care about in the NBA, but certainly the Lakers should live by this. Mm -hmm. It's not about honorable mentions of whether or not somebody gets 40 and 10. There's one stat. Tell me. Wins and losses. Wins and losses. Wins and losses. Did the Lakers win the game or did they lose the game? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think that Darvin Ham even might be losing sight of is that if you want to get on the wrong side of the the constituents that you need to care about is you need to, you keep losing these games, bro. You're going to be in danger because everybody's in danger. Well, the problem it's is about Palinka, that's Palinka's boy. He, he was asked, he was asked about his job security and he said, Oh, I'm solid. Because Palinka's told him, You're my man. You got us to the Western Conference. And you know why that, that is poppycock? 
because everybody, yeah, and I said it, poppycock. <laughs> because everybody's job is in danger when the Lakers are losing. And I don't care. Hold if on. No, said, here's the problem. He's Palinka's boy. He feels comfortable. Everybody's job is in danger. Hold on. Palinka's Jimmy's boy. He feels comfortable, and that's the problem. When those relationships right there, there needs to be a lack of a relationship so you can make hard decisions and make hard choices. It's about right now, this game. But you can't do that when that's my buddy. That's the problem. This has become a buddy system. I I actually like a lot of the things that Darvin Ham uh, preaches and Mm -hmm. teaches. I know you but 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 what he does need to understand is, um, stop doing all this cute stuff. This is about right I, now. See, I don't think it's cute. Game, I think he's. I think he's period. trying to figure it out. I think he's. So well, well, figure it out faster. Well, here's, but this is what the thing is. This is what we talked about earlier. You can only figure out with what you can actually figure out. And here's where the reality is: they don't have a team that can actually compete. They wanna. They wanna believe that they can compete because they were there last year. But the reality is, is this is not a team. These are not players. These are players that had a great stint. You're talking about what? A couple months, thirty, sixty days of great play that were stood over here and transformed into looking as if these are good players. Mm. Like, like with our man. What's what's yeah, the and shooter? They're, and they're, and they're what's the looking, shooter? Uh, uh, what are you talking for the about? Lakers? What's the shooter's name? Your buddy? The oh, shooter. you're talking about Reeves? Reeves is not a good player. No, 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 he, no, 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 no. He's a that. he's a slightly above he's mediocre. Good. He can shoot, but he can't do the other things that they need to win. That's why he's coming off okay. the bench. You know the the interesting thing is everybody wants to point to Reeves because Reeves is the the most talented other guy of that's not named LeBron and James that or Anthony Davis. Isn't high enough. So, but the thing that what what I would also say to the Lakers is you might need me to be willing to sacrifice Reeves for sacrifice for, him for for. for, Hit him. for uh, an excellent player. Get his non-athletic self up out of here. Because here's the thing that, uh, and this is almost, dare I say, almost like a black-white thing. You have to understand that there are brothers in this league that look at him and offensively... As a pork chop. Offensively, <laughs> uh, I, what I love about Reeves is, you know what? He can get his get his game off, and he really does have a genuine understanding mm-hmm. of playmaking. Mm-hmm. He can make plays. He can read mm-hmm. uh, offenses and make the exact right play, mm-hmm. and he can shoot the buckets. But if he doesn't have a certain level of aggression to where he's going to be averaging somewhere around 20 to 25 points, guess what? On the other end, these other guys are looking at him like barbecue chicken. I'm about to make my career off of oh, you. you. Yes. And, yes. and he's not, um, let's say, a first-tier defensive player. Maybe he will grow to that. No. But, but, but what? Maybe. No. I, I, I don't want to say that he won't, but he's not that right now. He will never and, be that. And, 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 he's, he's a great fifth or sixth player. He should never, ever, 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 ever be a, the, the, the third player on a team. There is no championship team. Think of the Celtics. Mm. Who can literally be a? You mean subjects in terms of right now or tradition? This right now. Okay, they have their big three. 
It doesn't include an individual like Austin Reeves. But 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 you know what? I I will. I don't want this to be categorized as Austin Reeves is the problem. The the all the problem is is that D'Angelo Russell is not. No 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 uh, no no no. The the guy. The problem is is Austin Reeves. I don't want Austin Reeves to be off the team. I actually think he is a great complement to the team. Yeah, he's but in the number three spot. No, no, he's in the number five or six spot. Church on the moon. Yeah, in the number three. We can't win. Mm-hmm. So until Polinka figures out how he can bring the necessary talent to fill in spot three, yeah. spot four, and possibly spot five, this team will never be able to play at the level that you and I want them to. Right. And we need to stop going into this circle or ring around the blaming chair on who we're going to blame, whether it's – Darvin Ham, whether it's Palinka, whether it's yeah, Jenny Buck, whether right. it's Austin Reeves, get some talent up in here. And guess what, Palinka? You're supposed to be a deal maker. Well, guess what happens? The NBA doesn't like you. And yeah. that's what's been so yep. challenging with him making teams. Okay. Is because he's not a likable individual and has been recognized as a catastrophic, um, uh, what, unrelenting liar. Okay. Yes, and that was uh, part of what you're saying about his uh, reputation as an agent, and that might be uh, bearing bad fruit right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler, and, and that might be impacting their ability to make quality trades. But, but because the trade deadline has not come and gone, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that with certainty. Okay, but I understand where you're coming from. Okay. At the end of the day, look, you're right. They need to do something, and and Palenka is should feel all the pressure of the universe on him mm-hmm. right now. Um, Reeves is not the problem, but he need he he's may not be the even, solution. That's the problem. He he's not the solution. Even, he may it, it may even be that he needs to be sacrificed. Correct. to bring correct yes. a level of. Of real, of real threat. If you don't do it team. now, here's what's here's what's scary. If you don't do it now, when people still kind of get excited to yeah. make those excuses, we don't have for, no assets uh, otherwise. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. You know, it, it, instead of sitting over here and sacrificing him now, when 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 people still feel good about him, you need to sit over here and do that and trade him now. Because if you wait till the end of the year and everybody wakes up and say, "Oh, you know what? He's a stone cold mystery," but he, I don't then think it's Austin too late. will ever be a, a stone cold mystery. I just think Austin Reeves is what he is. And, and, and he, but he, but value that where he's at now is what I mean. He's he, not a stone cold mystery, but value that a a number three uh, piece on good, the team. He's just a good player. He's just a solid he, player. He's, yes, he's not a he's not a world beating no, difference maker. Absolutely and, not. But I will say this too, um, because I really do like, and I think that he has championship character within him. If he, if he or his family ever hears a us in all of our dribble, you know, maybe he should take this personally and maybe he will get enough cojones to say, well, damn it, let me go average 30 for a month. And, but I don't think he's going to do that, but, but it's not in his repertoire, but, but it's within his capability to do it. No. Uh, so you no. don't think so? I think so. No. I actually think it's within his capability. Because you still are drinking a little doesn't. bit of the Kool-Aid. You still, 
<laughs> You're still sipping on it, but I, no. I, I, I like me some Austin. I just, I just think the bottom line is we don't have enough, and that's what we both agree on. Mm-hmm. The person that I really want to dig in on, or I should say two players, is, is Vanderbilt and Florian Prince. But, but, but who cares Prince. about those two cats? Get them up out of here and put them on a trade. You know what I want to talk? I want to talk about somebody good because you want to talk about Vanderbilt and Terry. And most of our audience don't even know who those individuals are. So I don't want to talk about everybody watch the Lakers. Everybody knows who the hell I'm talking about. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about Big Wimby. Oh, my God. Because you know what? We talked a lot about Big Wimby at the beginning of the season. You know, because the team is so brutal, it's challenging to talk about. But I want to do a Wimby review. Okay. You know, we're, 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 you know, about 35%, 30, you know, 38, 39% yeah, into the, the season. season. What, what, are, what is your Wimby review after we've been able to watch him sit over here and uh, get acclimated? Uh, to me, his, his coming out party game in a, in a loss was against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. The reason why that I say coming out in terms of like b-ball from not like public opinion, because people have already dubbed him as a a phenom and a unicorn uh, from before he even played his first game. But has he lived up to that? No. But what I love, Mm. no, he has Mm. not. Here's what I'm going to say that is going to be very glowing. Okay, <laughs> rainbows and gumdrops. Okay, <laughs> look, the way that he performed against Giannis, and I, mm-hmm. I, what I really loved about it is he took Giannis. It was very. Mm-hmm. Um, I even heard in the TNT uh, after because I think it was. I, I felt the exact same way. Charles Barkley uh, uh, articulated this. And a, and a couple other guys on the panel. I think maybe Shaq said this too. But you know, when we were coming up and we were watching the NBA, it, when you saw a game and it was, uh, you know, uh, Bird versus Jordan, or uh, let's say Mikael versus Barkley, like they went against each other, and it was like, mm-hmm. I'm about to beat you, and I'm about to guard you. And and this is going to be a mano-y-mano. Two year-olds are banging. Yeah. It's going to be a mano-y-mano, and I'm going to look you in your face. And they were doing that. Yeah. Shaq against David Robinson. But that was a European beef. That was a Euro beef. Yeah, yeah. But but what I just mean, traditionally, when you had a star against a star, they were like, no, 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 no. I, I got him. But, but what I'm saying is that European, they still on that old school game. The, 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 these U.S. players want to exchange jerseys at the end and sit on the table. All this pictures. kindness. Yeah. Oh. But, but, but what we saw, but what I'm saying is what we saw from that is that European kind of old school. Remember, they're, yeah. they're dragging behind us. Yeah. And so that was that old school kind of like 90s, early 90s, Absolutely. late 80s, like, we gonna bang this out to see who's the best year up. So what I saw from Wimby was Wimby said, "I got Giannis." I loved it, mm-hmm. and and damn that, I'm you. You not about to embarrass me in my house. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they still lost the game, but, but it, it but was it a hell of a game. Yes, and mm-hmm. he 
He did the around the back. Oh, that was big. It was like it was oh, almost hard to man. see him dunking because he's just so tall. Well, so first of all, he only has to drop two inches off the ground to dunk, but it didn't matter. It was like he he put a complete display of his skill set mm-hmm. on on that on that court mm-hmm. in that game, and it was just like when you start thinking about the future of the Spurs, I'm like, you guys have somebody who's going to literally take over the entire league. In about three or four years, if you give him, uh, let's say, two, whether or not they're on your team or not, two really consistent guys who can give anywhere between 15 to 20 points a game and that can play defense, they are going to be. The only thing I would focus on is I would sit over here if I was GM. I would sit over and take Wimby completely out of the equation. And I I have to build a championship team within two years, and Wimby's not on my team. Mm. He's not on your team. In terms of my thought process, oh. now I'm building oh, yeah, a team. Yeah, yeah, you have to build a team. I, I Outside of Wimby. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I have to build a championship yes. team. That is a great mentality. And then you sit over here and say, yeah, I got to do that or I'm out. Yeah. Or I fire me. That's yeah. what I was gonna tell my boss. Yeah, I'll fire me. Yeah. But I'm gonna build a championship team, oh, and women yeah. don't got nothing me. to do with. It. Now that's how you build a, a dynasty. A dynasty. Mm-hmm. And you and know what? Popovich could do that. But, but here's a twist. This is so funny. Remember when when they had uh, David Robinson and then they got uh, they Tim drafted Duncan. Tim Duncan. Oh man, it was like. I, I see, I see you because you see how boo boo they are this yeah, year. Yeah. I see a similar sound. They're not going to get the number one pick because Detroit obviously going to get the number one pick. They're going to get the number two pick, but they're going to still have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if they were smart, get the very best point guard mm-hmm. in the entire draft. If you have to, uh, you know, trade your draft pick and go back. Find your very best point guard, draft that point guard, put him with Wimby, and then start accumulating, start building around that. And then you have those two anchors. Write it down, take a picture, because that's what that team is really missing is a true, unbelievable point guard. So So, get the best point guard in the draft. So, And the only thing that I would say, so my GM style or my mentality would be this. Because Wimby can shoot threes, and this is the only reason why I would say that, because he can shoot threes at a relatively consistent uh, clip, and he's young, so he could get better from, by percentage. Mm-hmm. I will literally just say, let me pick the absolute best talented player, any other player who's just absolutely absurdly ridiculously talented. It doesn't have to be a guard. It could be a point guard, but I'm not concerned about I, it. I, I like and that then, thought process, but it's and one then pick. I'll fill in. But it's one pick. If you trade back from that two and then get the best point guard, maybe trade him back to a four or five or six, four, okay. five, and get the best point guard and then pick up an extra pick to where you can get the second best player at that position, at any position, to couple with that. So now you have the best point guard, you got Wimby, and then you have the second best player at at whatever position. Yeah, couple so along with that small forward, forward or shooting guard. guard. Right. One of those three. Right. Now you got action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's about what because ultimately what we're really talking about when for for the layman, 
we're talking about you have dual threat. Mm-hmm. So n- now what you're saying is Wimby is about to destroy most centers in the mm-hmm. league. So then if I at any other position, if I had somebody who is an absolutely going to wreak havoc so that you as a as a op- opposing team have to account for now two of these guys, this is this is what Shaq and Kobe were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. It, yes. was like, yeah. it was like, okay, if you try to double down on Shaq, mm-hmm. uh, guess what? Mm-hmm. Kobe will destroy you. And if Kobe doesn't destroy you, there goes Rick Fox. There mm-hmm. goes Robert Ory. There goes Harper. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have an answer because we can defend you on the other end. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with Wimby. If Wimby ends up being like the Wimby, that dude, Wimby is that guy. The only thing that we're waiting on it's him just to get his grown-up body. Yeah. This man's still 19. Right. He's still a kid. Yeah. 19. You know what? I'm an adult grown man. Yeah, you yeah, understand yeah. what I'm saying? When he gets his grown man body, oh, when he yeah. gets to 21, 22, and he's yeah. grown man but young. Oh, yeah. my God, man. Stop. Yeah. When, when, nice he, when he wants the booty bump, and he's like, okay, hey. I'm, I'm going to take this. And, yeah, I got Have yeah. a nice day. Yeah. He's giving out bars. Yeah. And everybody you better yeah. get up out the way. You're right. I feel you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about him. I love to see Wimby. Chet's doing this deal, but Chet is 21. Wimby's 19. Mm-hmm. But you're a grown man. And yeah, Wimby, and, and, Wimby's still light in the booty. I'll still punk him in the, in you the know post. What? Chet, Chet has better numbers, but Chet has a better team. Chet has a better team. And, and them numbers, it's not like this. The numbers are like this. Yeah. And so, again, the question is, is, where will Wimby be at 21? Where would Wimby be at 21 with that team? Yeah. Chet, Chet, Chet wouldn't even be in the oh, same conversation. Boy. So, you know, at the end of the day, I just wanted to, 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 to put a spotlight. We ain't talked about our boy Wimby. He's been knocking it out the park. You know, it's I not mean, a lot to be said because there's still so much ahead of us. And, you know, we've, again, we've mm-hmm. only, what, a, a couple Look, of months you, into you, the game. You got me to, to, to drink one and three quarters. So. Yeah, you, you've been over here babysitting. Uh, have I? Hey, uh, yes, uh, well, you've been babysitting. Uh, well, then let but, me catch up. But, but with that being said, hey, it was fun. We mm-hmm. talked a lot of good NBA, you know. This is a long season, so I love how we sit over and dig in there and find yeah, I do too. The, the, the real the real deal. And give stories. the audience a real analysis because you know, most of these guys, they just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna watch the ESPN highlights. And it's like, no, man, it's more than that, bro. I know. Because if you don't watch Skip Bayless, yeah, shut up. <laughs> shut your mouth. And don't be hating on Skip, okay? Skip, Skip every now and again, he be, he be bringing some lats and not. <laughs> if I okay. can't Skip out there, I'll, hey, we want to uh, jump in. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you. I am a hater. I'm a hater, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that being said, we appreciate you. Yes, indeed. We will see you next week on Saturday. Yes, indeed. baby. Talking about that NBA at the bar. Hey, Lakers. Cold 10, okay? It is a cold 10. Cold 10. Hey, you know what else is a cold 10? I need y'all to like, subscribe, and download. Yes, what he said. Touch on the moon. See you soon. Thank you.